You're listening to Inside the Locker Room with Wimp and Barry Sanderson on Tide 100.9 in Tuscaloosa. Inside the Locker Room with former Crimson Tide basketball coach Wimp Sanderson and his son, former SEC and ACC assistant basketball coach Barry Sanderson. It's time to take you inside the locker room on your home for Alabama sports. Tide 100.9 and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app. And good morning. Welcome in to Friday edition of Inside the Locker Room. We've got some slick roads out there this morning, so you give yourself five extra minutes and slow down uh, as you head into work or taking the kiddos to school. 205-342-9904 always is the number. Noah Haynes behind the glass will get you in and out of the show with us this morning. The Twitter or X at Locker Room 109 at Barry Sanderson at Wimp Sanderson 1. Email the show is Wimp and Barry at yahoo.com and we talk about download that Tide 100.9 app to your smartphone. You can take us with you anywhere you go. And our little chats uh, on there, we've been getting a lot of messages on there. Uh, so we appreciate those and uh, we'll read those out on the air if they are appropriate. It's that time of year again. The honeydew list is growing, guys, and the projects are adding up. The holiday season is here. The time is right to build that new fence deck pergola you've been dreaming about, and there's no better product than Yellowwood brand, pressure-treated pine. Yellowwood offers the best protection from rot, fungal decay, and termite attack, so you know your project will last for years to come. Head on down to that local dealer, and remember, guys, if it doesn't have that yellow tag on it, then believe me, you don't want it. Good morning, Dad. How are you this morning? I'm doing fine, and before I talk a little bit about what I have talked about. I wish you would give our listeners uh, a rundown of last night's game and congratulations on the win. Uh, yeah, we uh, beat a really, really good Austin of Decatur team, a really athletic, uh, physical game, and it was a low score game. It was 49-41. I think we were up one at the half, uh, but uh, it was a very tough, tough game, but it was a, it was a great win for our guys. We made some bunch of free throws down the stretch. Uh, to kind of seal the win there. So I was excited. Our guys were um, extremely excited in the locker room, Dad, and what made me even happier There's a few guys that didn't play. One guy that's played a pretty good bit, didn't play at all, or played maybe just a few minutes, and he was just as happy as the guy that was the leading scorer. And when you have uh, kids that do that, uh, then you got uh, a chance maybe to have – a really good season because these guys uh, were all happy for one another, whether they played, didn't play at all, or they were the leading scorer. So that was a fun locker room last night after the game. Yeah, congratulations. That's a good win for you. I'm sorry I couldn't work it out. Um, um, several things. Uh, it's already been mentioned that Dallas won last night. Indiana has a new coach, James Madison coach, going there. Uh, two games that uh, two teams that uh, play Alabama played last night. One, one, one loss. Liberty got killed by FAU, who was in the final four. I think last year, Florida Atlantic. Uh, I think Liberty plays Alabama here in Birmingham. And the other one um, that uh, that one that Alabama will play would be Creighton, and they uh, beat Oklahoma State. So it should be two good games there. Uh, Monday. Uh, former coach, former assistant coach at Alabama is coming in from Arkansas State. I think it's a 7 o'clock game, so um let you remember that. Um, uh, Auburn will play App State uh, on Sunday at noon, uh, for whatever reason that that's going to be. 
and um, Thomas was two under. Tiger was three over. Brian Harmon, the good player, young uh, little, little guy, was five under at, at the Hero World Classic, which was Tiger down towards the bottom, plus three wasn't, you know, but that's okay. He, he hadn't played a lot, and as I mentioned already, JT was, was minus two. So that that was good there. Um, uh, the big guy, the seven foot guy that Barry mentioned yesterday, uh, has been cleared to play at Ole Miss, which will probably help them a little bit um, tonight at uh, seven o'clock on ABC. And most of you know that you know most of you except me don't like CBS people. Um, they'll be winding it up next year. It'll be ESPN and and ABC, so you can get rid of the guy you don't like. Um, uh, tonight, 7 o'clock, Oregon and Washington play. You know, it's amazing to me, Barry, that a team that has beaten the other team already is nine-and-a-half-point dog. <laughs> um, it, it's kind of I don't, can't figure out. We talk about schedule all the time, but the schedule and running up the score uh, must have some effect in Vegas, so they're nine-and-a-half-point favorite the last time I looked. Oregon is, and, of course, Oregon got beat by Washington the last time they played. Um, let me say this briefly before Barry and I take it together. Uh, I visited with, uh, on another show with some people who said a little bit about, um, about how they vote. Uh, they, they discuss it and they vote and they go one, two, three, they vote one, two, three, and then they vote four, five, six, and then they go on down the line. Now, when they get through uh, and they talk about it, and they some guy doesn't like what they've done. He says, "I want to revote," and they they just move, move that vote around until they get it where they they feel like it should be. So they go one, two, three, hold off a minute for who's, who's going to be them number four, and then they vote four, five, six, and they go on down the line. So I know we're very critical, or well, some people are of, of Bo and trying to do what they need to do. It's not an easy job, and, and nobody's going to be happy except the, the four that get in. Coaches mentioned yesterday he felt like that the SEC should not be disrespected uh, because he thought the SEC was good enough to get somebody in. Naturally, he's pushed a little bit for himself, which I don't blame him. And uh, that's it for me, B. Yeah, Nick Saban, uh, his press conference, uh, no, I don't know if we had those clipped up, but uh, he, he said that... Uh, and this is how he does it all the time. He, he's hmm. not worried about this. He's not worried about this committee uh, right now. He's just focused on this particular game. And now, if they win this game, then he'll go to doing some politicking, won't he? Uh, now sure. he uh, will reach. He'll get on ESPN. He'll be on live, which I'm not criticizing. I think that's what he should do. Uh, he'll state their case. He'll state the SEC's case. He'll probably even maybe say he thinks Georgia should be in there as well. So now's not the time because there's nothing to talk about because uh, they got to take care of business on Saturday. But once they do that, if they do, then that point he'll start the national campaign and try to get a push from the Herb Streeps and those people to, uh, I guess, the talking heads to say that Alabama deserves to be in this championship. Yeah, I think a lot of it depends a lot on uh, the push uh, because of what Texas does. I listen to all these geniuses on ESPN every day trying to do something for our show and talk to a lot of them on the phone trying to get them on our show. And, they, uh, you know, the Texas thing continues to st- stick in their crawl. Um, so we'll we'll see the head-to-head is, is somewhat big. 
even though Alabama were to win, unless Texas were to lose to Oklahoma State. Um, there's an article on NAL.com about uh, Georgia's win streak. I don't think it's talked about enough. They are at 29. Yeah. Uh, this will be 30. Uh, the the uh, Alabama's longest winning streak is 28, two times, 1991 to 93, and 78 to 80. They won 26 in a row in 2015 to 2016. The most wins ever is Oklahoma from 1953 to 57 at 47. Uh, Washington did it 1908 to 1941, 40. Uh, but recently, Miami uh, of Florida in 2000 uh, to 02, won 34 in a row. Um, it's pretty remarkable, to be quite honest. And I think yep. that's one of the things that uh, Nick Saban talked about yesterday, just the consistency that he said, hey, we've won 19 straight twice since I've been here. How difficult that is. But for Georgia to run this thing to 29, uh, pretty impressive. I don't think it gets enough attention. Yeah, I think yeah, I think we're right. We have Mike on today, and Mike Mike is a good some ways, and uh, some ways I don't agree with him at all about some things he says. But uh, we'll have him on today because he's a little bit controversial, and I think the really a, a good guy to per- have to have on right before Georgia Alabama game. So um, you know, wind streaks are important. I, I worried about that uh, only when I was trying to get in the NCAA tournament. And uh, I mean, back back then, you had to win 20 games to get in, and and uh, naturally, I was worried about my streak. Yeah, outside of that, is you just take them one a game at a time. If you have uh, if you have questions of you guys that want to call in or, or have called in before, call in and, and visit with us, and we'll tell you what we think. It's it's sort of about the the way it has been uh, over the last two or three days or two or three weeks. Georgia, Alabama is a, a tough ticket, I'm sure, and, and they're going to be a very tough game for both both sides. All right, right to the Yellowwood Hotline. Bring Bryce into the show. Good morning, Bryce. Hey, Bryce. Barry, first of all, congratulations on the win. Thank you, sir. Uh, people in the gym probably won't like it. I, I bet not. What's your last spot? Jaguars. Jaguar. Oh, they're not going to like it. That's the thing. How about them Jaguars, are they? <laughs> yeah, you good. <laughs> Hey, guys, I hope I'm wrong, but here's the way I see it. And I saw it from the get-go, the way they they kept us holding at eight. Okay, Alabama will beat Georgia, but the committee is a big 10 bias. I don't care what anybody says. They want to keep the SEC out. So Alabama will beat Georgia, and there won't be an SEC team in it. Uh, They're going to get what they want because we've won 15 out of the last 19 times. They're tired of it. Okay, and I hope that I'm wrong, coaches. But that's the way I see it going down. I, I just don't buy that argument. I don't think they care about the. Well, I hope I'm wrong, Barry, but I just can't get. The, I got that feeling in my stomach. You know when you yeah, when you get I, that feeling, and I hope it's wrong. No, nah, I don't think that. I think Michigan will be in uh, if they win. Obviously, they're a 21 and a half point favorite. They'll be. Won't be another big team, ten team in there, and these other teams are undefeated, so they're just ranking them right now. Where they, if you're undefeated, you need to be in the top, and that's where they got them. I don't understand why people act like they're against the SEC. Yep, uh, well, they are very, uh, but it won't, it won't surprise me if Ohio State gets in there. That's why they only dropped them to six. Yeah, I don't see that. I don't see it. Yeah, if, if, if Alabama wins, they'll jump Ohio State. Yeah, I hope so. But you know Texas beat us, and they're gonna they're gonna have that head to head thing on us. 
We're not, we're not getting in. We'd be, the only way we're getting in is we'd have to beat Georgia two or three touchdowns. Like you beat Georgia I mean, and Florida State loses and you're in. <laughs> well, I'm talking about if nobody loses, babe. Well, it's Florida State losing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, if nobody loses, you ain't getting in. Uh, no. Even if you beat Georgia is the point I'm making. No, you're not. So. Yeah, and, and I, I just don't think they want an SEC team in it, and this is their way of not getting one in it. Coach, uh, do you have an opinion on this, sir? Oh, I think there'll be an SEC team in it personally. Uh, I think I think the league is too strong. I hope you're right. Years. Yeah. You don't. Uh, yeah, that's what. Uh, I hope you're right, and I hope I'm wrong. Well, somebody, somebody, somebody's going to win that Georgia Alabama game, and and I just think that you're not going to keep somebody out. That uh, when you look at when you look at the leagues right now, way way down, you you see the SEC and Big Ten is the best conferences. You see the Pac-12 is, uh, I mean, the Big 12 is uh, uh, good, but not really established quite yet. And Texas beating Alabama is a killer for Alabama. That's what I'm saying, though. We're going to get them because right there, they're going to throw that up on us. And they went to West Coast. They're not throwing it up on you. It happened. Texas came in and Bryant did he say, they're not throwing anything on you. They came in here and won. I don't understand why they people did. can't accept that. They're not. That's not the committee's fault. It's not but the committee's do fault. Do you think Oregon needs to be where they're at? Georgia? Per, per, sure. No, oh, he said or, Oregon. Per, Oregon. Per, oh, personally, yes. When I watch Oregon, I think they're terrific. They don't. They leave no doubt. Who they playing, baby? Who they beat? When they when they they beat everybody on their schedule, uh, but but Washington. That's all I'm going to They can only play the teams. You can only play the teams on your schedule. How do you justify if you're Alabama having to throw a touchdown in the end zone to beat Auburn, who's only won six games? It's a game and you're playing down there. That that didn't surprise me. (laughs) Well, I'm saying, (laughs) if you're saying who who did they play, I'm saying why is Alabama-Auburn game so close? Why is that so close when you got to win and you got to impress the committee why is that game so close? Well, that's because crazy stuff happened during there. Hey, Barry, one quick thing: what would what would Oregon and Washington schedule be if they played Alabama State? I have no it's, idea. That's hypothetical. I have no idea. Know that, and you don't deal in hypothetical. But you see what I'm saying? <laughs> I mean, I'm making? it's easy for you to say that, but you don't know what it. I don't know what it would be. I have no idea. Neither so, do you. That, you think? I, but you know, Washington that. State and Oregon State are pretty good teams in Pac-12. Yeah. Oh, they are, Coach, but I think they play a different brand of football out there than, well, than we do in the South. One of those, one of those two, Bryce, is going to get in the Final Four, and then we'll see. Yeah. I, I, I know that, but I just know that uh, the, the strength of schedule is not – they're not using that at all. I mean, Texas is second, and Alabama's 15. The rest of them's in the 50. Yeah. It's the point I'm making. But they're throwing that plan Sunday. Do y'all heard them saying that? You can't make any kind of point year? when – you can't make any kind of point when the two teams – the team ahead of you has beaten you. Yeah, you have no argument no, about agree. Texas. You have no argument. You can't argue that. I, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not saying about Texas. Texas should be above Oregon. So should Alabama. Okay. They well, should be fifth and sixth. The Oregon Washington winner is going to be in. Period. Oh, I know that. So, but oh well, don't don't be surprised. You get two big tens in there. 
Yeah, we'll see. Okay. Thank you, you, know, it won't be no two big tens. Thank no, you. I don't think you. Royal Cleaners, they want to make life easy for you. They'll come to you, pick up all the cleaning, get it cleaned up, deliver it right back. 205 391 Everybody's busy during the holiday season. That's one thing you can take off your plate. If you want to drop it off, University Boulevard, Bridge Avenue, Northport, or 4851 Rice Mine Road. That's a tie to 100.9 SE home of Alabama Sports. Tide 100.9 traffic. From the Townsend Nissan Traffic Center, we got a wreck 2059 westbound at the ramp to exit 100. That's Alabama 216 in Lakeview. You can expect delays. Everything else looks to be moving well. If you see conditions, give me a call. Townsend Nissan's year-end closeout is on now with discounts up to $10,000. No reasonable offer will be refused. Townsend Nissan, and I'm Captain Ray. Here's what's trending on the Tuscaloosa Thread. Good Friday morning. 28 counties in Alabama have been designated by the Small Business Administration as eligible for economic injury, low-interest disaster loans due to the drought. In West Alabama, small business, small agriculture, small aquaculture, and private nonprofits are eligible in Lamar, Tuscaloosa, Walker counties. The low amount can be up to $2 million with interest rates of 4% for small businesses. Click TuscaloosaThread.com for more news throughout the day. It's free. Don Hartley Town Square Media, Tuscaloosa. Ah, Barry Bo- At 100.9, Tuscaloosa weather. Cloudy with rain likely this morning, then just a few isolated showers this afternoon or tonight. The high today, 66, the low tonight, 61. Tomorrow, rain likely, maybe a few thunderstorms, the best chance of rain during the morning, the high, 69. I'm James Spann on the ABC 3340 Weather Center on Tide 100.9. It's 53 degrees in Tuscaloosa. Your home for Alabama Crimson Tide football. Tide 100.9 and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app. Yellowwood, pressure-treated pine from Great Southern. If it doesn't have the yellow tag on it, you don't want it. All right, back to the Yellowwood hotline. Get Philip in. Good morning, Philip. Hey, good morning. Congratulations uh, last night. Nice win. Thank you. Appreciate it, Philip. Hey, I, I, I was terrible yesterday when I called y'all. I apologize. I got distracted and I was didn't do a very good job, so I apologize about yesterday. But anyway, um, I read an interesting article that you guys might have on your uh, Tide 100.9 website, but it was it was written by a guy by the name of R.J. Young. He's the Fox National College Football Correspondent. Mm-hmm. So he's got a little credibility, but he wrote something really interesting. I hope you can find that article. Uh, but he he really examined everything as far as the Final Four goes, about as well as anybody I've, I've seen here in the last 10 days. But he, he put it out there that if Alabama is able to manage to beat Georgia, he thinks Alabama may go to number one. No. No. Head of Michigan? No. Uh, I'll just tell you what he said. <laughs> well, I mean, Villa, you can make your mouth say anything. Why, why, would, why would one lost team go ahead of somebody that hadn't lost at all? You're going to go from eight to one? I'm just telling you what R.J. Young wrote. Yeah. Yeah. Was, I mean, it was interesting. He he did a good job on the article, and it was it was, it was was a pretty fair read. So I will say that now. That being said, I personally don't believe that. It would be nice, but I personally don't believe that. But he's the first correspondent or writer that I've seen with anything like that out there. Yeah, 
Uh, I, I don't see that. I, you know, you're talking about jumping a lot of people there, but uh, we'll see. Uh, tonight uh, should be an interesting game. Oregon, Washington. I think the winner. That's a play-in game, don't you, Philip? Well, y'all are exactly right. The winner, the winner of that game is, has got a seat at the table there. Yeah. I mean, there's no two ways about it. And, and uh, I think we all knew that last week anyway. Yeah, and loser, uh, loser's out. So, Yeah, the loser's out. And I think Ohio State presents a, uh, an interesting little obstacle right there at being number six. But I don't think that's going to last long. I think they're going to be eliminated probably after after this game tonight they'll you know whoever loses that game will move down a little bit and then Ohio, Ohio State will probably get knocked out I would think but it's going to be a great weekend I think the Alabama game is going to come down to ability to cover and yard and and then cutting down on Georgia's unreal ability to run the ball after contact on a catch Y'all keep your phones on. I'm going to be at a wedding. I'm going to have to text y'all during the fourth quarter. Find out. God, I, can't, I can't believe that, man. God. <laughs> well, yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, you're a good friend to do that. And um, <laughs> maybe, maybe I should do something where he makes me mad. My buddy makes me mad today. Or he doesn't. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, it's going to be a great weekend. And, um, man, uh, I'm still sort of. I'm leaning to Georgia. I hate to say it, God. I, I you know I come across that way too much, but I think they're just a really good team, man. What, what do you say? Yeah, we'll see. Thank you, Philip. Thanks, Phil. Yeah. All right, back to the Yellowwood Hotline. Bring Tom into the show. Good morning, Tom. Hey, Tom. Good morning, morning, Barry. Morning, Coach. How are y'all this morning? Good. How are you? Good. How are you, Tom? Appreciate you coming last night. Tom was back man, there calling. Barry, don't don't Tom, you say a word. Tom was I, back there calling plays last night. Dad, he was so close to the action. Well, I tell you what, it was. Uh, I so enjoyed uh, your team last night. The game was great. Uh, I, I uh, there's so many takeaways I had from watching the game, and uh, and my hats off to you and your staff. The preparation that went in on the defense, I was so impressed with uh, the defensive game, and. Uh, uh, I, and I thought y'all did a great job of calling it uh, as the game progressed to how you went about it. So my hat's off to you. Got a job well done. And I really, really enjoyed watching your team play. Yeah, usually we uh, play better offensively, but give Austin credit. I mean, they're they're, yeah. they're good, too. Uh, those guys they're no are... <laughs> slouch. That's not a slouch team. No. But uh, I, I, I really believe that uh, – that uh, y'all beat them with the coaching. Uh, and I'm not saying it just because I'm talking to you, but uh, I watched him and he was, uh, well, let's just say you got the better of it on the coaching end. Well, we'll and I, I don't want to insult anybody or be, be anybody taking uh, that I'm trying to because I'm not. But, uh, yeah, great job. And uh, Jack, Jack was my MVP for the night. I thought his play was huge inside uh, his defense, and his rebounding was so freaking spot on. Yeah, he played his best game of the year. Like He got some some man, re- what I call man rebounds in there. He had one big-time put, sure big put back there in the second half. Tom, so, um, so um, yes, uh, his granddaddy is trying to get him more playing time. Well, 
he he went the distance last night, coach. I'm, I'm there to see it, and uh, and I tell you what, coach, he was productive every every minute on the floor. He was very productive. He he was blocking shots and uh, getting rebounds and and made. Uh, I think he had like eight, maybe ten points. Well, that's good. Well, he had, uh, I'll give you that, five points, but he had some big rebounds in that's there. That's the first thing I asked Big rebounds in there. He, well, yeah, but he, uh, <laughs> we had to have somebody in there last night. I had to keep in there a little longer because we needed somebody in there. Oh, that could, thank you. That could thank re- you. Well, we needed somebody in there that could rebound it. Granddad needs, needs, needs for his grandson to get more playing. Tom, that team's pretty athletic, weren't they? Yeah, they were very, I, I was impressed with them. I, I, I think that's a really good team. And, uh, <laughs> Uh, and and like I said, you know, uh, I think y'all made up the difference in the coaching. Now the kids did their part. There's no doubt about it. Sure. But uh, I, I, my hats off to uh, you and your staff. I thought that was a great defensive plan. <laughs> it really was. Well, I appreciate and, uh, it. I appreciate it. And uh, and I enjoyed it. But uh, I wanted to say something about Mike Griffin. I, I'm gonna tell you how the cow eats the cabbage. All okay. Right. Okay. For me, Mike Griffin can say and do any freaking thing he wants to, and I'll tell you why. He loves, he's professed on radio near and far that he loves Coach Stalin, and that's the end all for me. <laughs> you love Coach Stalin, that's the end of the conversation with an exclamation point. That's all you need to hear, huh? Once you That's say all. that, you can say whatever you want. You're, you're, he can say whatever he wants to. I don't care who he says it to, how he says it, nothing else. He loves Coach Stalin and Sean Alexander. I love Mike Griffin. There you go. Well, we'll be interested. See you, in, in, see you Tom. I appreciate Tom coming out uh, to the game last night as well. All right, we'll get to break here. We'll get Mike Griffith in. We'll find out if he does still love Coach Stalin. Two men in a truck out at 13. 13- 30 Martin Road East. That's where you go pick up your boxes, your packing supplies, whatever you need to make this a smooth move. Where it's local, out of town, out of state, let the professionals handle it. Give them a call today, 205-247-5050. That's two men in a truck movers who care. Tide 100.9 traffic. From the Townsend Nissan Traffic Center, we got a wreck 2059 westbound at the ramp to exit 100. That's Alabama 216 in Lakeview. You can expect delays. Everything else looks to be moving well. If you see conditions, give me a call. Townsend Nissan's year-end closeout is on now with discounts up to $10,000. No reasonable offer will be refused. Townsend Nissan, and I'm Captain Ray. Alabama, Georgia. 10-5, touchdown, it's the SEC Championship live from Atlanta, Georgia. Let's get out of here again. Alabama wins it. Cheer on the Tide this Saturday as the Crimson Tide look to get revenge on the Bulldogs. Our coverage starts at noon from Mercedes-Benz Stadium in Atlanta, Georgia. On your home for Alabama football. Brought to you by Birmingham Racecourse. BirminghamRacecourse.com. You can be a winner too. You're listening to Inside the Locker Room with Wimp and Barry. Only on Tide 100.9 and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app. Welcome back to Inside the Locker Room. Yellowwood Pressure Treated Pine from Great Southern. If it doesn't have the yellow tag on it, you don't want to go right to the Yellowwood Hotline. He was the AGC Dog Nation and the SEC. He appears on the SEC Network a lot. Uh, joins us from time to time. We always enjoy having Mike on. Mike Griffith. Good morning, Mike. How are you? Hey, Mike. Uh, good morning, guys. Uh, I, you know, I love having you on. I wouldn't be bugging you all the time. 
So, but I want to I want to get something started where I want to to where I disagree with you. <laughs> Why do you know you going to disagree with him? Well, I just think he's in it because he's so good at, at at coming back at me. Okay. Um, you have said that it's Coach Saban's fault that uh, Milrow wasn't better when they played Texas. Well, the problem you have there is that you only get better when you play a lot. And by the time the Texas game came, he hadn't played enough to get better. I don't care. I don't care how much you coach him on the field because playing time makes you better. So that's the only thing I wanted to say. But I think you're terrific. <laughs> well, then how do we explain Carson Beck at Georgia, who hadn't played till this year? Oh, I don't know. I don't, I don't. I don't know anything about Carson Beck, to be honest. Well, I mean, he's a first-year starter at Georgia. He had to go on the road against Auburn and get it done uh, early in the season. Didn't play before this year, just like Milrow. Okay, and he and he was ready to play. Okay, well, you got your point there. And and, and I mean, and, and and don't forget, and and don't forget, don't forget. Now, you know, Alabama chose to schedule Texas. Yeah, nobody made him do that. Yeah, early too. So if so, if you can't get quarterbacks ready early in the season. Then maybe you shouldn't schedule those games. But but okay. this whole idea, there's a lot of coach. There's a lot of guys out there hadn't played. Now come on, those guys at Alabama practice like everybody else. They go through a spring game. They play against some of the best people every single day in practice. You tell me in your practices, well, you guys didn't go hard. And you can get yeah. better going against each other. Well, uh, let me ask you the other thing before Barry gets on here with you because you're so good at this. Is the Texas game? going to be that detrimental to Alabama if they were to win. Already has. I mean, they've been behind them every week, and they're clearly better than Texas. I mean, you've seen uh, at this time of the season, you've seen Texas struggle with teams, Houston, and gosh, didn't they pull out some other last day? I mean, Kansas State. uh, You've seen Texas just have their struggles, you know, but that head-to-head is one of the things on the on the committee's yeah. protocol. Head to head, conference championships, uh, you know, your team's record. The good news for Alabama is that it looks to me like the groundwork's being laid for Alabama to pass an undefeated Florida State. And I say that because okay. the committee chairman has said more than once on Tuesday night that Florida State is a different team without their starting quarterback. Went out of his way to say the word different team. Bill Hancock, the executive director, went out of his way to say none of the protocols outweigh the other ones, and that it's up to the committee members to choose whatever protocols or tiebreakers they want to emphasize. So if Alabama beats Georgia, I think they're going to be in. Oh, really? Okay. So you think they're going to jump Florida State but not Texas, so they would be four in Texas three? Well, yeah. Would that be right, Mike? Yeah. Well, I'm trying to think. I mean, nobody says they can't jump Oregon either, don't forget. If Oregon, if a one-loss Oregon wins. Yeah. I just can't imagine a scenario where Alabama beats Georgia and doesn't get in. I just can't I see can't it happen. Because, I mean, look at look at the way they bet for Alabama in 2017. Alabama would have a better argument this year with a head-to-head win over Georgia, the number one team in the country, and as the SEC champion – than they did in 2017. 2017, they shouldn't have been in. They shouldn't have. They lost Auburn by double digits, didn't even play in a conference championship game. This team would have a better resume if it beat Georgia 
than the one in Nashville, that one in Nashville title in 2017. That's good stuff. Uh, we're talking Mike Griffith. Mike, uh, talk about Kirby's defense. Uh, you know, I think Kirby does a great job of affecting the quarterback. He always comes up with a scheme. You don't know where they're coming from. Uh, this could be a game where they could uh, they could really uh, maybe force Milrow into some mistakes. Just talk about what we need to look for with that Georgia's defense coming at Alabama. Well, a couple things. One, Milrow doesn't need to be forced into mistakes. He makes enough on his own. I was there at Auburn and ran past the line of scrimmage twice. Good point. <laughs> Uh, and the other one is this: this is not a vintage Kirby defense, um, you know. And, and they got guys that they they can maybe come from whatever drag, but once they're that, that doesn't mean they're going to finish the play. Because Milrow is a load, and he's fast, and I don't know as many guys he can outrun. So, um, you know, this isn't your typical. I mean, you saw with Bryce Young a couple of years ago in the SEC title game when Alabama beat Georgia forty-one twenty-four. You know, to me, both these teams are going to score points. Uh, I, I think it's going to be, you know, turnovers, mistakes, intangibles, calls. You know, the Georgia guy, was he offsides in 2017? I don't know. Was there unnecessary roughness on Jake Fromm? Didn't get called? I don't know. Would Alabama's healthy receivers have made a difference in 2020? You know, th- that's, you know, we, we break those games down and, and fans on both sides get upset about the quote unquote excuses. But the fact of the matter is, is those are the difference making plays and or the difference making players. So I don't know if is Lad McConkey going to play for Georgia this week. If, if he doesn't play for Georgia, you ain't getting the best version of him. Again, I, my thoughts on Georgia beating Alabama would go way up if you could tell me that Lad McConkey was going to play. But I don't know if he's going to play or not. And you know what? That's just part of the game. Nobody needs to just like the Alabama people that complained about Jameson Williams. The Georgia people are worried about Lad McConkey. You know, he's their most explosive guy. He's the number five rated receiver in the NFL draft. Um, so I, I don't really know. I mean, uh, Kirby's defense, though, it, it's good, but it's not what it's been. It's not what you saw in 20. It's certainly not what you saw in 2021. Right. The defensive front isn't nearly as good. In fact, I think Alabama's offensive line might have the advantage. Um, I mean, Missouri's offensive line pushed Georgia's defensive front around. Uh, what kind of act will we get out of Burton? Kind of what? What kind of act will we get out of him? You know, he talks to people. He shows you how good he is. He, he well, uh, you know, Jermaine's a Jermaine's a dynamic player. Um, you know, he would have stayed at Georgia if he, if he thought they were going to throw the ball more, and if if he you know felt good about the quarterback situation, then probably. But you know, he came to Alabama, and I think to play with better quarterbacks. I don't know if he's okay. playing with a better quarterback now. I, I I really don't. When I say that, I'm not trying to suggest anything. I mean, if you're asking me right now. Who the better quarterback is going to be Saturday? I couldn't tell you. Or five years from now, I think Jalen Milrow has that much of a ceiling, and I think Carson Beck has that much of a ceiling. I couldn't tell you. Okay. Um, Burton's going to make plays. He's explosive. George is going to give him single coverage, and Bam's going to try to go over the top. You know, if I had to guess, you know, he'll probably be around four catches and seventy-five or eighty yards. Probably get a touchdown. Okay. Is there a scenario, uh, Mike, where if Georgia loses, uh, that they still in this uh, playoff? Sure. I mean, it's kind of. I mean, I think so. I mean, if Texas loses and um, Oregon loses, um, that would be the start of it. Um, you still have what Washington, and then they, and maybe Florida State loses, or would a one loss if a one loss Alabama's better than uh, Florida State? Would a one loss Georgia be better than Florida State? No. You could say. You know, well, recency bias, but you know, you you look at Al, you know, Georgia's loss would be against a one-loss Alabama team that's playing as good as anybody in the country. 
and and they got a top ten win over a pretty good Missouri team. Um, I don't know how that resume would stack up when the, when they went in the room. I guess it would depend on what kind of game this was. Came down to the last second, they lost on the last second field goal to Alabama. Um, because here's the thing, you know, for all the arguing and debating, that the problem with all of it is that people are arguing and debating different things. Um, the bottom line is it's supposed to be the four best teams. It doesn't say you got to be a conference champion. Right. Doesn't say it. Doesn't say you got to be undefeated. It says the four best teams, and it's very subjective. And there are some pillars in place uh, to help the committee out. But this year, more than any year, I feel like they relied more on the eyeball test. Yeah. Uh, did you have a problem? I, I didn't uh, with what David Pollock said. Uh, I mean, Georgia's team. Does look a more, little more disciplined on the. Well, they are they are better coached. I mean, your 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 offensive coordinator took half the season to figure out how to use your quarterback. I mean, Kirby's been working with these guys a long time, and you know, Bobo is Bobo's a really good coach and was with the staff last year, so he knows the personnel. And 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 to be fair, I mean, your your coaches were, you know had to learn your personnel, so that continuity um, helps and. You know, I think that this has not been one of the better coached out. Again, I sat there at the Alabama game. I was at the Alabama-Auburn game. I covered it. I wrote about it. And listen, Alabama was three or four touchdowns better than Auburn. They kept shooting themselves in the foot. A team made a lot of mistakes. And, it, you know, and you know, early in the program, Coach was trying to, you know, say, oh, well, you know, beginning of the season, you got to help these guys. Okay, well, it's the end of the season, Coach. And Alabama was still making mistakes in, in the rivalry game on the road. Yeah, you mean that last drive, you run past the line of scrimmage, you snap a ball when the quarterback's not looking. So, I I mean, if you take the whole body of work, but I think David Pollack was talking about right now in this game, he feels like Georgia, uh, and led by Kirby Smarts, coached better than Nick Saban. I didn't think it was that big of a deal. The Alabama people talk about how disrespectful that was to Coach Saban. He's always trying to get under Coach Saban's skin. I don't see that at all with David Pollack. Do you, uh, Mike? No, no, and, and and both things can be true. You know, I had a chance to ask Coach a couple of questions, Coach Saban a couple of questions, and, you know, asked him about the mentors that helped him have, you know, a fantastic, you know, great, all the greatness in his career. You know, and I'll tell you that out of one side of my mouth, and I'll tell you out of the other one that they did a lousy job at the beginning of the year. Both things are true. Yeah. I mean, Nick Saban is, is the, the greatest coach of our college football coach of our era there's there's no debating that i mean the numbers show that and just listen to the man speak i mean philosophically there's things i take from things that he say has says and apply them to my daily life he's fantastic he's great stuff um that doesn't mean he's you know necessarily the most likable guy in person or that he's perfect because you know he he's had at the start of the year you shouldn't have lost to texas but i'll say this texas played the perfect game that night that, that Ewers guy made some throws I don't think he'll ever make again. Um, you know, my problem was with how poorly Reese and Alabama did with Milrow early in the game, especially on that throw across the field when he got picked off. Because I'm thinking, I've watched enough Kirby Smart Georgia football over the last seven years, and Philip Fulmer before that, and Gene Stallings way back when, and Terry Bowd and Mark D'Antonio. I've covered some good coaches. You don't turn the ball over early in the game. And there was a reckless pass thrown across the field should have never been thrown. And that's what opened the door for Texas to get a lead. And that's what they needed to win the game that day. Yeah. That. Is there any chance whatsoever that this is Nick Saban's last year? I mean, yeah, there's always a chance. I mean, I, 
you know, obviously, you know, the purchase of the dealerships in the home in Florida, you know, suggests something, you know, for a guy that's as committed to his work as he is, um, you know, it's now maybe it's, it's, you know, toe in the water or setting things up for the future or, you know, opportunity because of the real estate market. I mean, that's also all possible. I mean, when people have that much money, they got to spend it on something because if it sits in the bank, you're losing with the inflation rate. You'd be <laughs> dumb not to invest it somewhere. Yeah. So, you know, it could be as simple as investments. Um, you know, we wonder because Nick's 72, but, you know, you see him and you listen to him. And, I mean, it'd be really sad if he left because he offers the game so much. I mean, I couldn't wait to ask him yesterday uh, about the transfer portal um, in NIL because I wanted to hear what he had to say. Because he knows more about it than anybody. He told everybody five years ago this was coming. He tried to warn people. And usually, you know, when people listen to Coach Saban on football matters, things work out pretty good. But, you know, nobody listened, and, and so here we are. Um, so, you know, I, I wouldn't want that. I mean, yeah, I mean, there's always a chance. But, you know, I look at what he's done on the sideline this year and, is you know, as critical as I am about um, him, you know, his offensive coordinator and, and not having Jalen Milrow ready when it mattered against Texas, they've still turned the season around and, and got everybody pulling the same rope. And if they do play their best game, oh, my gosh. You know, now which team are we going to get? Are going to get the one that fell behind Tennessee by two touchdowns in the first half or the one that played the second half? Are you going to get the one that made the fourth and 31 or the one that got into a fourth and 31? It's, it's got to be a maddening team for Alabama fans to watch. We've got a, we've got a mess but other coaches saying that, you know, any coach of anybody, any quarterback anybody gets is going to cost them over a million dollars. Yeah, I was give, I was giving them fifteen dollars a month laundry money when I was there. Uh, it's uh, uh, I, where, where do we start with this? We're not going to have a federal. We're not going to have any federal law. It looks like uh, going make we're going to make employees out of them. Where do we stand with this, Mike? Makes me wonder what Alabama's paying the basketball players. <laughs> yeah, unfortunately, looks like you got to pay your fans to go to the games. I saw you got called out for that the other night. That was tough. Um, you know, I, I don't know. Yeah. I, I, yeah, I don't know because you know we you try to apply, you know, you know the amateurism rules obviously didn't hold up in court. You know, everything goes to the Supreme Court these days. Somebody spills coffee in their lab and end up in the Supreme Court. I mean, this this is the system that we're in, right? We're a heavily litigated society for better or worse, and you know the whole fair equal labor act. I might have to go back to college and take some class just to be an effective sports writer to understand how the legal system works, uh, to understand whether or not we can get these antitrust laws in place. And, and, and then there's a whole, there's a whole other cottage industry. I mean, somewhere, you know, these runners, these guys go to parties and dress like players and aren't hanging out, become friends. They got a whole new world opened up to them because everybody's got an agent now and everybody's got a rep and everybody's trying to recruit other kids to their reps and they're collective and, I just feel bad for the donors. You know, it used to be really simple. You know, you give a certain amount of money and they carve your name on a piece of wood in the coach's office or outside the mess hall or the dining hall. And, oh, my goodness, there's there's what my 50000 went for. Now they say drop that money in the bucket. And then you see some guy driving a Dodge Charger and you're saying, oh, wait a minute, is that where it went? Because it's got to be confusing. Yeah. You want to support the program, but you don't want to support kids buying these zero to 60 you know, or in three second cars, but then all ultimately it all goes to the same. Well, they're eating. What are they? They're dressing on Ferrari leather seats in the locker room, and they're eating lobster. But we need more money donated. That's got to be tough on the fans. 
especially yeah. when you look at the economy and some of these people are on fixed incomes. These people that are retired that have all this money in the world and all of a sudden they're saying, wait a minute, I'm giving how much for my seats? And what's, what's happened to the economy? And what kind of laws are they changing with Social Security and seniors with the government? It's a tough world, guys. Uh, Mike, you're only hot so long. If uh, Jalen Milrow plays really well against Georgia, I know they probably have a bowl game or maybe in the playoffs, but uh, I don't know what else he could do to raise his stock. Should he Should he go to the NFL draft if he, if he plays well? You know, well? I'll be honest with you. I, watching, <laughs> talking to him on the teleconference and watching him, gosh, I couldn't help but think a lot about Anthony Richardson, right? Yeah. I mean, really? Yeah. I mean, and, and Anthony Richardson went in the top five and, and, and did okay in the end. The NFL has changed. The NFL has simplified the quarterback position so that young players can get on the field earlier. You know, this this whole spread, it makes it an easier read. When you got the field, you're four or five wide. It's a lot easier to figure out what those four or five guys in the box are doing than when they're seven or eight. And, and, and it's, that's by design. I mean, that's just, that's just good coaching. So the spread has changed the game. Uh, it favors the mobile quarterback. I'm not one of these people giving up on Bryce Young, by the way. All these people, oh, they just made it terrible. No, he's on a terrible team. Yeah, He's on a terrible team. It's just an oversimplification to say Stroud's better at this point. But um, why not? I mean, and, and here's the thing. You come back, I mean, you're one injury away. Yeah, And that's the thing. I mean, oh, well, you know, well, Alabama will pay him to come back. They'd give him a million-dollar deal. I mean, Georgia's trying to work on a million-dollar deal for their quarterback. Everybody's paying now. There's no shame. You know, they were paying before, if you want to know the truth. I mean, gosh, go back and look at how many seniors stuck around Alabama in past years. <laughs> hey, wait a minute. How did Alabama have five seniors stay in 2020? Georgia loses Swift and Fromm to the NFL. What if those guys came back? I said, well, see, this is where you get beat. Those Alabama guys are coming back for a reason. Right now, yeah. I don't know who, and I don't know where, and I don't know how, and I'm not suggesting any rules were even broken. But Alabama was able to keep seniors in 2020 and put together one of the best teams ever. And Georgia lost their quarterback and their elite running back, and and didn't. So it was all about retention in 2020, and it was probably about retention before then. Truth be known. What were your thoughts on uh, A&M's Texas A&M's hire? Not exciting. I mean, maybe, uh, you know, Mike Elko? <laughs> I, I mean, could you identify him in a lineup? No. I mean, this is a guy. Uh, I just can't even, uh, you know, I'll tell you who they should have hired. It was Debo. They yeah. should have hired Debo Sweeney. But, but you know, people, you know, they get a little bit homogenized. You know, well, we know him. We've met him. You know, we've, we've, we've wrapped our arms around him and done the Aggie cheer before when he was the coordinator. I mean, okay, that's your comfort zone. And, and maybe this guy will be a turn out to be a fantastic hire. But be, but having moderate success at Duke doesn't do it for me. And, and again, now these are these are people that know football, and maybe they know a lot more about Mike Elko. And and maybe in, you know five years from now we'll be we'll be talking about Texas A and M finally you know doing something. I mean, was there a year? Let me ask you this because we're we're going to get rid of divisional play. And I'm trying to think. Is there a year where A&M would have made the championship game if it was just the top two teams? Because I don't think there is. Yeah. I can't, right? I can't think of one. Uh, it's, can you believe that? Can you believe Texas A&M and, and all this time, it have been 10 years now, has never won. They never even made it to the conference champ. They just, 
I, I can't even understand it. I, I really can't. I went down there for a game one year. Tennessee was in the top 10. A&M was in the top 10. I think it was 2016. And, um, yeah, is that right? 2016, yeah. And uh, maybe it was 27. No, 20, no, it was 2016. And, and both top 10 programs, humming along. A fantastic overtime game, uh, 54, 48, something like that. Man, they look good. But every year, by the end of the year, they'd be burned out. Every year, I couldn't, I couldn't. And now, you know, the whole Jimbo, Petrino thing, and you just, you say, gosh, you got all the great ingredients here. Why can't, why, what's, what's in the water down there? Why can't Texas A&M win? I, I don't, I don't understand it. They would seem to have, and now here comes Texas. Well, you had, you know, to me, the window's closed. I mean, yeah, because Texas got, look at, and look at Texas now. I mean, jeepers. I mean, they hadn't done anything in the Big 12 like three titles in 27 years or something like that, but they beat Alabama and Tuscaloosa the year before they come. Yeah. I, I'm Texas. I, you know, I kind of feel the ground vibrating with Texas come a little bit. Yeah. That anything else for Mike? For no, I just done? want to say, I'll say to Mike, he can make a comment. He may not want to. I think Georgia with the, with the East, the way it is, Tennessee, not sure that Florida's bad. I think Georgia's in for a long run of success. Wow. Oh boy, that's a, that's a bold prediction. Well, I mean, listen, I wasn't predicting. I I'm just, kidding. I'm kidding. Well, I mean, no, I mean, listen, Kirby Smart is is, I mean, he's a great coach, and he's assembled a great staff, and and they've got a lot of in-state talent. A lot of people have said for a yep. long time that if they ever got the right guy, you know, and and they've got the right Kirby, guy, and listen, yeah. Kirby owes a lot of that to Coach Saban, and he he tells you that. No, yeah. but I will say this, guys. The game has changed so much since 2016. There was some snippy media member from Birmingham. I don't want to put them out, put their name out there, but they didn't know. They've sat down and said, is this when Kirby's, because they do everything like Nick. He does everything like Nick. I said, is that what, is that what they're teaching you in that world over there? Cause I lived in Alabama. Sometimes people get thinking one way. There's been a lot of changes to college football since 2016. And Kirby does do a lot like Nick, but he's had to do a lot of things on his own without Nick Saban's help or instruction. Over the last seven years, the way the game's changed with NIL and roster management. And Georgia didn't want to spend money. He took a lot of the things from Coach Saban and added uh, his own uh, you know, deals to it. So the guys – Well, and, and, and you know, really what, Coach grown, you really know what Coach Saban said to me yesterday when I asked Coach Saban about his mentors? He said that everything he got, he took from somebody else, whether it was George Perlis or, or Don James and – or Bill Belichick. So, I mean, that's – and, and I'm talking to two coaches right now. So, you guys know. Yeah. yeah. So, you're well, great, Mike. Mike. We sure do appreciate you being on. Thank you very much. You're great. All right, guys. Should have a great. good one. All right. Uh, yeah, we got an app message here. Uh, Barry Melrose, a redshirt sophomore. He can't go yet. Can't make this stuff up. If you're a redshirt sophomore, uh, Jeff, that means you've been in college three years. You have to have been in college three years. So, if you've been in college three years – he can go. This is a Tide 100.9. Is he home of Alabama Sports? Tide 100.9 traffic. From the Townsend Nissan Traffic Center, we got a wreck. This is on 2059 eastbound at exit 89. That's Dobler Benz Boulevard out by the Mercedes plant. We have another one on Alabama 216, both directions at LBJ Road in Brookwood. If you see other conditions, please give me a call.
Townsend Nissan's year-end closeout is on now. With discounts up to $10,000, no reasonable offer will be refused. Townsend Nissan, and I'm Captain Ray. At 100.9, Tuscaloosa weather. Cloudy with rain likely this morning, then just a few isolated showers this afternoon or tonight. The high today, 66, the low tonight, 61. Tomorrow, rain likely, maybe a few thunderstorms. The best chance of rain during the morning, the high 69. I'm James Spann on the ABC 3340 Weather Center on Tide 100.9. It's 54 degrees in Tuscaloosa. Need to know what's going on with the Crimson Tide? Then subscribe to our YouTube channel for exclusive content on your home for Alabama sports. Tide 100.9 and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app. Welcome back to Inside the Locker Room. I don't think yellow wood, pressure-treated pine from Great Southern. If it doesn't have the yellow tag on it, then you don't want it. We'll take this top of the hour break. Uh, we'll get back. We'll take your phone calls, 205-342-9904. You're listed tied to 100.9. It's the home of Alabama Sports. Tide 100.9 traffic. From the Townsend Nissan Traffic Center, we got a wreck. This is on 2059 eastbound at exit 89. That's Donald Benz Boulevard out by the Mercedes plant. We have another one on Alabama 216, both directions at LBJ Road in Brookwood. If you see other conditions, please give me a call. Townsend Nissan's year-end closeout is on now with discounts up to $10,000. No reasonable offer will be refused. Townsend Nissan, and I'm Captain Ray. Join the... WTBC Tuscaloosa and W265CG Tuscaloosa, a town square media station. Tide 100.9 and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app. From the Fox Sports Studios in Los Angeles. Here's Eddie Garcia. In the NFL, Thursday night football saw the Cowboys outscore the Seahawks 41-35. to Dallas quarterback Dak Prescott had three touchdown passes, including the game-winning score with just over four and a half minutes to play. Seattle quarterback Geno Smith had four touchdowns, one rushing and three passing. All three went to wide receiver DK Metcalf, but not enough. Dallas gets the win to improve to 9-3. and three. They won 14 in a row at home. Seattle falls to 6-6 six and six as they hold on to the final wildcard spot in the NFC. In the NBA, the Bulls beat the Bucks. One 120 to 113 in overtime. Warriors down the Clippers 120 to 114 was the Thunder topping the Lakers 133 110. Timberwolves beat the Jazz 101 to 90. Knicks and the Pistons their 16th loss in a row 118 to 112. Detroit went the entire month of November without a win 0 and 14. Hawks outscore the Spurs 137 135. Trey Young 45 points in the win for Atlanta. San Antonio has now dropped 13 in a row. Inside the locker room with former Crimson Tide basketball coach Wimp Sanderson and his son, former SEC and ACC assistant basketball coach Barry Sanderson. It's time to take you inside the locker room on your home for Alabama sports. Tide 100.9 and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app. Welcome back to the second hour of Inside the Locker Room. Allstate Insurance and Agent Andrew Kniffer. Andrew's my agent. Let him become yours. I did 
5 McFarland Boulevard, Suite 3 over in Norport. Don't just pay the bill. Know exactly what you're paying, what you need. Andrew will take great care of you. He does the same for me. You're looking for home, life, auto. You need a renter's insurance. You need an umbrella policy. I had a situation with my insurance pop up. I just sent him a text. He's checking on it for me. And before the show's over, I'll know exactly what I need to do. 205-722-9201. Andrew Conifer, Allstate Insurance. All right, I don't. I know people got so up in arms about David Pollack and uh, what he said. Uh, if you take the whole body of work, I think he was just talking about this particular game. Uh, he felt like Georgia's staff was doing maybe a little bit better job. Uh, Mike Griffith kind of brought not over the long haul. And it doesn't matter. You can't prove who's a better coach. And obviously, Coach uh, Saban's the greatest ever to do it. I just think. People took that too personal, I guess, Dad, in my opinion. I mean, did you take what he said in the wrong way? Well, you go into the game, the coordinators are calling. The coordinators on the defense are calling the changes that they make defensively against Georgia. The coordinators on Alabama, on uh, offense, are calling, doing the same thing. What runs, what run, what uh, does a little bit better than something else? Who who needs to do what with, with the with the setups? Uh, they, they do that. The coach, coach Saban. Can change what they, you know, change what they do, but basically does not. Um, I, I, you know, the players win the games, but the coordinators help. Uh, the coordinators can, can you know, uh, call great stuff, and, and the players don't play well. Uh, it, it's it's not I mean, you, when you dig into it and look at it. It's the overall whole thing of getting your team ready to play as best you possibly can. With going in your offensive and defensive meetings with your your analysts coming down from upstairs and talking about what's good and what's bad, who's good and who's bad, uh, it, it's it's that's fine to say that. I think both of them do a good job of coaching. I don't I don't really look at anybody out coaching anybody in games like this myself. Now most people would disagree with that, but I don't. I don't think they're out coached. I think maybe the offensive coordinator run something and and the runner they had run it did it really did it really well and he found he called a good play but uh, i just i just don't think it's i don't think it's like that it, it brings up a lot of stuff but um i, I don't think it's that big a deal <laughs> yeah um just me um yeah i don't i don't i think people make too big of a deal about who who out coached oh it's ridiculous yeah that's right um so anyway um it shouldn't be a big factor uh, in this particular game. I, Player, players win games. Coaches can help, and they can do a good job. And the players, when it gets down to it on the field, doing the game, players win games. Yeah. Um, should Eli Drinkowitz be SEC Coach of the Year? Well, I think, it, I think it comes down to three people. I think it comes down to Missouri, Georgia, and, and Alabama. Um Sometimes when a, when a person is so successful and wins and wins and wins, you just say, oh, he's got great players. You know, so that that's what they look at with Kirby. You know, he's got great players. Well, that, this team's not as good as it has been. That doesn't mean that, that Alabama's going to beat them. But uh, uh, then you take a team, you take a team that was, uh, look, y'all, in basketball, football, anything, there's always a team that year that plays better than they were picked. There is always a team that plays poorer than they were picked. Tennessee played poorer than they were picked. Uh, Missouri played better than they were picked. So based on the expectation factor, which I say all the time 
and it goes in one ear and out the other. The expectation factor for Missouri is that certainly they played awfully well and won a bunch of games, and maybe he should be. Um, I, I don't, I don't really know. I think, I think that one of those three is going to be the. I hate to beat around the bush with your answer. I, I think it's going to be one of those three guys. Well, yeah, I'm sure it will be. I, I probably where they were picked. Uh, I think Georgia and Alabama were picked one. Uh, Missouri was not picked uh, two. I don't even know where they were picked, yeah. uh, but I'm sure it was not as high. So I probably would. I think the guys done a tremendous job. Uh, at Missouri, uh, you don't even think about Missouri being in That's the right. SEC. So I, well, I would they, probably yeah. give it to him. Yeah, you know the, the people. I say this all the time, and we have new listeners all the time. Missouri's been to Atlanta twice. Ole Miss never been, never been. And uh, Missouri's away away from us, and they have, they bring in a lot of people as far as watching SEC football in in, in the St. Louis area and the Kansas City area, and the guy. Uh, you know, sometimes he got he got kind of get on the borderline with your fans. He got the fans all excited and going full blast. Uh, the borderline at Arkansas has gone down. The borderline at Missouri has gone up. You know, it's it, it, it's just the way it is. The borderline at Auburn, you don't know. It, it, they like them because they play Alabama close. So, you know, it's just the expectation factor is is a huge thing. Your expectations. Uh, you know, that, that's what decided. And the people that vote sometimes uh, don't don't put a lot into it. So I don't think the uh, transfer portal officially opens until Monday. You see okay. all this speculation, all these yeah. guys, right. maybe graduate guys can get in the portal anytime because I think they. But uh, so it, it uh, Monday will be oh, golly, yeah. a lot of coaches. Oh, yeah. uh, Quarterbacks trying to trying to figure out what in the heck they're going to do with this yeah. roster, and uh, they'll be gathering film to try to look at these guys that are in the portal to see are they better than what they got. They'll be on the phone like this. Will I mean you know how these guys will be as busy Monday as they were during the season, yeah. just trying to figure out the rosters and who they want to go after, and every quarterback's name that comes up people put auburn list auburn uh which is you know they we'll see what they try to replace peyton thorne there but uh it's going to be a crazy next week with this portal well and, and you think about it the, the dukes the vanderbilts and the stanfords three schools that really you really have to have great grades to get in and that's not that's not a knock on anybody else that's just that's the way they are academically um and they they go struggle, they they just they're not going to get people to be you you know if they really go by the you know the grades that they have and trying to get into the Duke Stanford's and Vanderbilt's, it's turning more difficult. That's the reason Vanderbilt's going to be towards continue to be towards the bottom of the East, and uh, that's the reason that I guess maybe that Duke's done well uh, even though they didn't be, weren't able to do that. Stanford's gone down some. So it's a it's a never it, this this transfer portal and you hit it on the head when you talked about that at the very beginning. That's what's a that's a booger bear problem. There you get people that that transfer and all of a sudden you don't even know sometimes that a guy is disgruntled about things. And lo and behold, he walks down the hall and get and and ask it and goes to the transfer portal. You hadn't even recruited anybody for that position maybe as, as much because you think you got everything set. It, it's 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 the, the 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 guys that are that are not those guys that are not be able to get transfers are going to the bottom and those booger bears are going to stay there. 
I mean, if you had guys that came in your office on Monday, say you're Nick Saban, or and they're going to a bowl, they're going to a big time bowl, uh, or they're going to the playoff. But yeah. but these guys got to start kind of trying to figure out because they want to go wherever they're going in January. So yeah, they kind of sure. got to get their name out there. Do you let that guy still practice and play in the game if he says he's? I mean, what, how do you? That's what I don't understand. How are these guys supposed to? Uh, handle all this. A guy well, walks in and says he wants to leave, but he wants to... No, but you don't let him play. You don't let him play in the bowl game? No, I, I, I'm going to tell you something else, folks. You're going to see people just bow out of the bowl game if they're seniors and not going anywhere. They just don't want to play. Now that now that precedent has been set a little bit where, where not everybody's going to act like that, but they're going to be some. And your bowl games are not going to be as good as when Coach said that some years ago. They're not going to be as... You know, the rivalry is not going to be there because so-and-so, the transfer quarterback is going somewhere else and the coach is not going to play. And you look at uh, DJ Uangalele. Yeah, so he leaves and goes yep. to Oregon State. So I'm assuming right. he graduated. So if he graduated, then you can transfer again. So now yeah. all he does is he's 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 testing the market. He wants to see how much am I worth. I only have yeah. one opportunity to make this money. Oregon State, we're not in the conference next year. We're going to play a Mountain West, whatever that is. So he throws his name in there, and now it comes out to be a bidding war for DJ Uangalele, who was not very good at Clemson but played good this year is this what we want in college football uh bidding wars for these quarterbacks i guess if you're a quarterback <laughs> it is and if you're the their family um ty simpson he's got to be sitting there thinking exactly yeah, what I is Jalen milgo rogue gonna do yeah. if Jalen milro goes and i'm sticking this thing out i'm gonna win this job if he's here i'm gonna be the backup again next year do i want to sit again next year well i don't have a lot of tape on me well people really want me so now his dad is connected uh, he could find out behind the scenes like where would be a realistic shot to where he could go and start uh, there. So he's got a lot of decisions to make. He sure does. And it's based yeah. on what Milrow does, and he may not know what Milrow does until January something. So how does Ty Simpson make an educated decision? I'm not speaking for him. Maybe he loves it here, wants to stay, and is going to fight it out. But he's not going to be the starter next year. I'd, I'd, get, I'd get some answers from Milrow face-to-face. To face. But, but he's not going to... I mean, he's concentrating now on if they win, it's going to be if they lose and they're not. And it's just a bowl game. Then I think maybe you can find out from Milro. But if it's the playoffs, I don't know. I mean, how do you do that? Go I don't know. <laughs> you got you got the daddies involved, and in, in this particular case, his daddy's coach, and you got you just got a lot of personal stuff involved and in trying to to do where you have an opportunity to play yet you need to get some money because everybody else is getting money and it's uh it's 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 the fact that you're going to a bowl game and how you thought thought you had a full team you you got some of them quitting or whatever they're not going to play they decide they don't want to play and it's it's uh expectation factors is it just you don't know what to expect and what is a guy like eli holstein he's got a he hasn't yeah, played he uh, so, you know, he's got to go back to the guys that recruited him out of high school. But uh, Or does he stick it out and say, because it's going to be hard for him to probably go and start. I don't know. It's just tough. I and think. you got a guy from California. I don't know much about it. A quarterback from California is supposedly, supposedly going to come in. Uh, I don't know. Difficult. Difficult. All right, uh, we'll take this break. See if we can get Sonny. See if we can get Coach Sonny Smith. I need to tell him about the 
about the thing in Huntsville. Okay. All right. Geo Satad, 100.9. It's the home of Alabama sports. Tide 100.9, Tuscaloosa weather. Cloudy with rain likely this morning, then just a few isolated showers this afternoon or tonight. The high today 66, the low tonight 61. Tomorrow, rain likely, maybe a few thunderstorms. The best chance of rain during the morning, the high 69. I'm James Spann on the ABC 3340 Weather Center on Tide 100.9. It's 54 degrees in Tuscaloosa. Two-time state champion and two-time NIT champion, Barry Sanderson breaks down the latest in sports on Inside the Locker Room on Tide 100.9. Wayne's Pest Control, serving over 100,000 customers across Alabama, Tennessee, and Mississippi since 19. 73. Let the great folks at Wayne's make sure your home is protected from those unwanted pests. Wayne's provides world-class termite protection, general pest control, and mosquito prevention services. They also keep that lawn looking lush and healthy. 866-WAYNES-1. Tell them you heard it on Inside the Locker Room. You get $60 off your initial pest control service. All right, get to the Wayne's hotline. He joins us every Friday. Uh, in the Alabama Sports Hall of Fame, his name's oh, don't tell swinging that. in the rafters in Neville Arena. Coach Sonny <laughs> Smith, jealousy, Coach, jealousy. He gets so jealous when I brag. Yeah, he, uh, I, I went to Huntsville. Yeah. You, you, I went to Huntsville, and I did. You know, I said some funny things, but it wasn't great. It wasn't you, but I told him. I said the reason Sonny's not here is he's having too much fun playing tennis. <laughs> <laughs> and he's been playing really well till last week. Somebody st- put a stick in his wheelchair. And, uh, <laughs> and, Did they laugh? Yeah, they laughed pretty good. Yeah, they laughed. Pretty good. And I told some other things about you drinking a lot and all that kind of stuff. So, That's nice. uh, 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 did, did, did you do it by yourself, or did he have? No, uh, with Scott you? Griffin went with me. Scott Griffin, who's oh, I remember friend. him. Yeah. yeah, Scott Griffin yeah. went with us. But anyway, they missed they missed you up there, but. Uh, I, the directions were much easier with you out trying to tell me how to get get there. <laughs> did you get lost again? Oh no! Did you get, no? Now don't lie. Did no, you get lost? I didn't again? get lost. No. Uh, coach, I got to ask you, you got this. Lost, Barry. I got to ask you this. There. You talk, but Dad always says you got a group that you go with once a week, and y'all gum your food, and y'all oh, break yeah. down. What did they say about this fourth uh, and thirty-one touchdown Ooh. throw? What, were they were they mad? Were they happy Auburn played him so close? What what were y'all doing when you were, as he would say, gumming your food? I never, I never saw them as quiet about uh, <laughs> something like that. They didn't find that to be coach's fault. You yeah. know, they didn't say Auburn, Auburn lost the game. Uh, they're scared of so and so, and uh, it. Uh, it, it wasn't just the opposite of what I said. It wasn't. We threw that game away. You didn't hear any of that. I think that uh, I think that Auburn people. I mean, I'm I'm talking about it's Sunny saying this now. I think Auburn people are happy with the way Freeze is doing. Yeah. I think they feel like that he's a guy that can keep them on the on a path of winning. And uh, I don't think that I don't. Th- Anytime you lose to Alabama or Alabama lose to Auburn, you know, it, it really hurts whoever the coach is. But I didn't see this really hurting Coach Freeze as, as like, uh, like it had been if it had been a blowout or if, if it had been uh, uh, 
some serious mistake that got him beat. I don't think the kid defending the play made a mistake. I think that was just a great pass. Yeah. You, uh, you think uh, they might buy those T-shirts? They said in fourth and twenty-one, fourth and thirty-one T-shirts. Are they really? Oh yeah. Okay. You think y'all might want to buy some for the gummers? You think the gummers would want one of those? <laughs> no, no. They 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 won't take anything unless it's free. Okay. Free and <laughs> free and a good good sales pitch. <laughs> Barry. You know what they say, if it's free, give me three. That's Dad's philosophy uh, there. Uh, uh, He invented it, I think. Yeah, I've talked a lot about, I've been kind of critical of Alabama's arena here. There's no, even though they have people there, the students aren't around the court like that. And I say, hey, you turn on this Auburn uh, game down there in the ACC-SEC challenge, and and the crowd against Virginia Tech was a tremendous factor. I think I saw Coach said he was talking to Virginia Tech's coach, and he said, man, you created something really, really big here. That the, the way that arena is laid out, it's hard for your team not to play hard, right? With the students right around the court like that. Just talk about the environment inside that arena. It's, a, it's, it's one of the better home court advantages in the league. And the reason being that uh, the people are so close to the floor. And if you remember the old arena, even if you had a front row seat, you're still kind of a distance away from the floor. And uh, they got they got the surrounding the floor. They got the students in exactly the right place, uh, and they got a team that uh, uh, you know creates excitement because of the up and down play that they use. And I'd say that I, I, if you started naming home court advantages in the SEC, I think you'd put Auburn in a top four or five for sure. Yeah, it's yeah. Uh, it's really a difficult place to play now, and loud, very loud, and it's. Uh, uh, it's getting more so, and the reason I say that, the students are behind me where we do the radio, but you look over in the stand, it used to, you could see a, a spot of seats, 10, maybe 15 seats empty. You look over there now, and, and it's it's totally filled up. So uh, Bruce Pearl's outfit and, and the people that he's bringing in have certainly sold the program. And, he, and by the way, I, I, I think you both would agree, he's got good players. Yeah, yeah. Broom is uh, really good. Uh, and they got the- yeah, he's much better than I thought, Barry. Yeah, yeah, he's I played better. He would, yeah. yeah, I didn't think he would. I he didn't think he shot. would grow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah they, uh, so I think what happened is they brought these pro people in, and uh, and he's one of the people that got to go to one of those pro tryout type things that they took players to. I think they told him you you got to be able to do something facing the basket. And I think he has worked harder at becoming a, like a jump shooter from a foul line, a jump shooter from the top of the key. Not not very often, but he's 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 hit a he's hit a situation where he now shoots a facing jumper instead of his back to the basket. And I think that's helped him a lot. He's well, he uses both, but he needed that face the basket type thing if he's going to go anywhere after it's over. Yeah. Yep. Um, anything NASCAR? Our fans, you're our NASCAR no. director. Uh, anything not this time of year. Not this year. They don't even. They don't even start talking about who's changing cars, manufacturing, uh, or anything this time of year. It's it. This is their 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 free time. They don't. They, you don't hear anything. There's nothing to announce that I could tell you either. But I will tell you this: uh, you can always tell if if NASCAR is successful uh, if the Talladega race, and it's such a long race. 
if a Taylor Rake still sells, tickets almost sells out, you can see that NASCAR is still in really good shape, and they're still doing that, and it's uh, uh, that, that's a good thing for them to have a, have, have a track that big, seat that many people, and they show up. So uh, you, you wouldn't say, if you had to go around naming states, you wouldn't say that Alabama uh, now, because they don't have that many drivers that are yeah. big names like the Allisons used to be, uh, it, uh, it, it's still a pretty, pretty good racing city, uh, state. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. But I, and I think it, uh, I think it will get bigger if you come up with a couple of drivers, like say Davey Allison before he died, uh, a big a driver that can really do things big. And I think they're still looking for that. And they put them, put them in the Bush series and let them come on up into the uh, Winston cup, and take it from there. Uh, talk a little bit about, you know, uh, you know, coaches, Hugh Freeze, um, to lose on a play. When you got Alabama beat in your first year, uh, it's fourth and 31, and they throw the touchdown. Like, that, that you'll never get over that. Obviously, you'll remember that no. for the rest of your no. life. Uh, no. But, uh, you know, and he talked about he, he, hadn't, he didn't sleep at all. I mean, you just kind of – I guess you beat yourself up a little bit over what, what could we have done different? Could we have done this? That's to help our kids. That's just something that uh, I think you and Dad understand. You've been in these situations. I don't know if you've ever lost a gut-wrenching game like that. Well, I know Dad and I did a, in Little Rock against New Orleans, but uh, on a last play like that, that that's uh, something that uh, will kind of eat at you for the rest of your life if you Hugh Freeze won't it, uh, Coach? I think so, and uh, I, I, I don't think uh, – and, and now this is Sonny talking. I don't think Hugh Freeze feels completely comfortable with with uh, his situation here. I don't think he says, "Well, I've got it made. I can I can uh, get out and fight Alabama for players and Georgia for players." I, I I don't I don't. This is just Sonny talking. I don't think he has that type of confidence yet. And I think that victory right there would would have shot him over the over this roof and been ready to do what he needs to do recruiting. And he's. Evidently, with all all the gummers as Wimp says, uh, they they think that he's a good recruiter, and uh, they follow it. And uh, I don't, I wouldn't, I would not know, but I say with the number of wins that he had and and playing as well as he does against people that are so good, I would think that he must be a good recruiter. Uh, he he doesn't. One thing that jumps out at me is I look at the paper and I see uh, coaches leaving all the time. He doesn't have people jumping ship and taking off, so they must believe in him pretty good. And I honestly believe that the Auburn people do believe in him. And if you, you've ever met him, Wimp has met him, I've met him. He's, he's really a, a good guy to talk to. You know, recruiting uh, has changed so much. You know, you used to bring the kids on the oh, campus yeah. and you'd take them to meet the academic people and you'd take them. I mean, you can do all that now, but probably the most important conversation you're going to have now with these top, top guys at Alabama and Auburn recruiting or my NL, NIL money. Do you even cover NIL. all that other stuff anymore? Uh, do they even look at that, take them around, no. and have them meet with the academic people and them, they where you're going to have your major and go see the president and all that? Does that even I don't, necessary anymore? I'm sorry I didn't cover it when I was well, I think, Yeah, that's why I'm asking him because <laughs> he probably, he was using the money then. So, uh <laughs> 
<laughs> it's got to be complete. Is this bass, Sonny? Barry, you haven't turned on me, have no, you? No, I have Hang not. Hang in there, Barry. I have not, I have not. Is this, uh, <laughs> I'm hoping to get a good Christmas gift, so I'm agreeing with everybody. Oh, you says, will. Right? Yeah. You will. Um, has it completely changed? Obviously, yep. it has. Uh, but your I don't visits? know. I don't, I don't keep up with visits and how they handle that anymore. Uh, I know, I, I know the few years that the last few years I was around it, nothing had changed. Uh, they're still, uh, they're, they're, uh, make the visit as big as you can, meet as many people as you can, bring in people to talk to them. Uh, and, uh, I'm sure that they're just because of the NIL and things like, I don't think recruiting is going to change all that much. Yeah. That, uh, how much have you kept up with the SEC? I, I mentioned that. You know, the three A's, Arkansas, Alabama, and Auburn are the, probably as good, but Tennessee, Kentucky, and L- and, and A&M. Um, but Vanderbilt's gone, I, I, to the, Vanderbilt's gone to the bottom, Sonny. I cannot believe that either. Yeah. The thing that jumps out at me is uh, usually, uh, and maybe not all, all of them would schedule themselves into a bunch of wins real early. Yeah, and now I don't know what's created all this. Y'all could tell me uh, they're they're playing too tough of people too early. Yeah, and I think that's that gives people a bad a, a, a bad feeling about them or a well wait and see type of attitude. Where in, in the past I think they would be uh, just the opposite of that. And it, uh, it I think I think uh, they've been forced into or by television or whatever. To increase the, the schedule, out, of, out of league scheduling, which uh, I would definitely be against. Yeah, yeah. I got a watch. I, I have a team here, Coach. We played a lot of really, really good teams. The guy texted me this morning. He's like, Barry, you're playing an SEC schedule. Your your team's going to be worn out at the end of the year. Uh, he made me really think about that. You know, you got so many tough games, and I know Alabama's doing that as well. They got uh, in a row here, I think, Arizona, Purdue, and Creighton in, in some type of order there after playing Arkansas State. Uh, can you beat your team up too much in the non-conference uh, by challenging them? Can you challenge them too much and, and wear them out where they have no gas at the end of the season? The people that are helping, the people that are watching your games and trying to get people to come, I I think you got to make your schedule because what's going to improve your team time you get to league play. Yeah, and I don't think scheduling too difficult. I think it's crazy. I think by the time you get to league play, you got to have your people at, at a, a confidence level as high as it's going as you can get it. And going out and getting the best teams in the country just for a little bit of positive press, I think it's the wrong thing to do. But I don't think people are ever going to recognize that. I think they're going. They're going to say, well, we need to get better people out of league. I disagree with that as a coach. I think you need early, you need to build your program as you get towards league playing. And that's not, that's not that you bring in all guys that you're going to kill, that type of thing, but you got to have some of those too. But I, I think the idea of scheduling shouldn't be dictated so much by the public or money. Uh, I think the money should come with how, however you do in the league play. And I, I think that's probably coach talk more than it would be fan talk. Would you, would you agree with that? Yeah, yeah. Well, I think you do it now because uh, if you play really tough teams, you get uh, these resume wins, and it helps you get in the tournament. Well, they'll they'll penalize they'll penalize sure. it like you did Texas A and M, who didn't play anybody, and then all of a sudden they kept them out of the tournament. So I think you got to have a better have a pretty good balance there, not just easy games. You got to play a little bit of both. 
Oh, I totally agree with that. You, you got to go to my you got to go to my scheduling school, Barry. Oh, Scott. Oh, Barry. Well, you were one. Of, you were one of the best. Yeah, you were one think, of the best. Of course, you told everybody they didn't have to ask. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> when you see Alabama, uh, I think uh, was Clemson just a bad matchup. They were very physical inside. Alabama was kind of skinny, kind of weak. Hard. It's hard for them to guard those guys inside. Coach Oates has been very uh, disappointing in his defense, but when you when you play so fast, uh, you know, you practice that way. You don't ever have to sit down and grind out and practice on defense. So the style of Alabama's playing, can they ever be really good defensively? Because they don't practice that way. You got me there. I, I'm so impressed with him that I didn't know it was exactly that way. I think uh, I think he, he gets in a play extremely hard. I think what he runs is really good. Uh, when he meets the public, he meets them well. Uh, it's, uh, I, I'm high on him from a standpoint of what I see from the outside. I don't know how, I don't say how all the insiders see him, but I would assume that it's, it's good. But I, uh, I think, uh, Wimp, Wimp was a, Wimp was one of the very best on this on scheduling. He should be the one talking about what you should do about scheduling, how you build your team right up to get to be something special by the time you get to the league. Yeah, you. If you ever went in and told him somebody you were going to play, he would uh, rake you over the coals as to who they got on their roster, who they got coming back. He would tell you who they had ten years ago. I mean, <laughs> so you know, <laughs> they're, pretty, they're pretty, they're good back for the yeah, jump ball center right there. Yeah. I, I said, didn't they have state? They had Larry Bird one yeah, time. Yeah, we were going to play NDS. He said Larry Bird <laughs> went there. I said, yeah, twenty five years ago. <sighs> <laughs> he wanted a he wanted a good name, bad team. Yeah, that's so. right. And you know uh, that's exactly right. Yeah. Uh, well, I think uh, I think at the time that we were at the time that we were coaching, I think you had to do it that way. Yeah. And did. now that everybody's got these big arenas, they're expecting you to put bring in somebody to fill them and get some good yeah. publicity early, but. Uh, when we were ca- coaching Wimp, I don't think with the or the arenas no. were quite as uh, no. uh, big as they are. Twenty, ga- 20 games, was, twenty games was the factor there for us. Yeah, that's uh, also was yeah, a factor for yeah, sure. Yeah, I played golf with one Brian Pasick. He's always comparing my schedule into Oats, but you know, twenty 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 wins was was the most important thing. That's what they looked at. You got to go. You got to go by what's going on, getting you into the NCAA tournament. And oh that's yeah, what you got sure. there, and that's what we did because we we got there a bunch. So, uh, are you traveling the team at all now? No. Okay. Is no, you guys at all? No, no, it's not a it's not, not a good talk, talking situation. Well, I'm sure sorry. Yeah, uh, I think about you all the time, and I, they, they sure are. I know you do. I know you do. Anything in it? I, I would like to travel with this team because it's. I tell you this: it's an exciting team. It's yeah. a team that plays really hard, and it's a deep team. Yeah, I, I would say if Auburn, uh, uh, you know, ask this question a little bit later. You were Barry one. If Auburn had a great back to the basket player that you could throw into and and uh, and and direct the uh, the, de- the 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 defense, make the defense play a little bit different. I would say that they would be a high a high tournament team yeah. uh, because they're they're very good. They're deep. They got uh, skilled players almost at every position, 
And the I, I, only thing is, uh, it's kind of a small team. It's a 6'5 type team. And uh, that's not getting you the exact size, of course, but that's that's what it, uh, that's the impression that you get of it. It's not a team that's going to run the post one post player in there and get him the ball. They got a great shot blocking, uh, bumping, and uh, center, but he cannot score. Uh, and if he if he was a if he was a scorer, they would be a team awfully hard to deal with. All right, All right. Well, Coach, you got Alabama-Georgia uh, in the SEC championship game. Uh, if well, Alabama were to knock off Georgia, uh, do they deserve to be in the playoff? Uh, Greg Sankey's come out and basically said that the SEC definitely needs to have a team in. Uh, there are some teams that they would have to jump uh, there. But Kirby Smart's done a terrific job at uh, Georgia. Uh, who do you, you think wins this game Saturday? Well, I think Georgia, but I think if there's anybody in the world can beat them, it'd be Alabama. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that sounds crazy, but uh, I think you've got to say Georgia's a favorite because of the way they play. But if, any, if there's anybody out there that can put them in the weeds, I think it's Alabama. Well, Coach, we appreciate you uh, very much. Thanks, Sonny. Look appreciate forward. it. Oh, always good to talk with you guys. Uh, I hang, in there, hang in there and call me if you need me. All right, bud. I will. Right. You know I will. All right, talk to you later. Thank you. There's Coach Sonny Smith. Uh, he never thinks the referees get a call right, do they? He's a oh, person. my heavens. I noticed, I couldn't see Sonny, but, the, you know, when you, roll, when you roll your hands around like a guy's traveling, the yeah. guy that's doing the game with him, he's rolling his hands around there. Like, Sonny like, was? And they, were, they were rolling their hands like the guy was traveling. <laughs> on TV? Yeah, I tried to is he did the, Is he doing the radio this year? He is doing it at home. From the house? No, he's going in. Oh, it. only home games. Yeah, only home games. Yeah. All right, let's talk about uh, Bob Prince and Prince Glover and Hayes. If you have an accident, and it necessarily could have been a, it could have been avoided, and you're and you have an injury that you feel like needs to be looked at, then Prince Glover and Hayes are the people for you to visit with. Three four five one two three four two zero five area code. They've taken a lot of people throughout the southeast. And there are a lot of different things that happen on the highways, um, neighbors, uh, kinfolks, things that you wouldn't ever expect to cause you some problems. Then you need to visit with them, and they will give you great advice. Go by 701 Ricebine Road and visit with them after you talk to them on the phone. And then give them a call at 345-1234, and you'll find that these people will represent you. They'll go in there, and they'll do a great job for you. Prince Clover and Hayes, 345 Prince Law dot is the website. Prince is the website. I always remember if they don't win, you don't pay. All right, phone lines are open 205 342 9904. You listen to Tide 100.9. It's the home of Alabama Sports. Is made that the quality of services performed is greater than the quality of services performed by other lawyers. Tide 100.9 traffic. From the Townsend Nissan Traffic Center, they've cleared the wreck on 2059 eastbound at Daimler Benz Boulevard, but we still have that wreck on Alabama 216 and LBJ Road in Brookwood. Everything else around town looks pretty good, but if you see conditions, give me a call. Townsend Nissan's year-end closeout is on now with discounts up to $10,000. No reasonable offer will be refused. Townsend Nissan, and I'm Captain Ray. Hi, Barry Bo- 
road tripping, business travel, or bringing your car in for repairs. All great reasons to rent a Toyota at Tuscaloosa Toyota. You can rent the latest Toyota models for a day, a week, or a weekend. Every Toyota rental car comes with 24 hours roadside assistance and is backed by an entire team of people you know and trust. Rent a Toyota and let's go places. Reserving yours is a breeze at TuscaloosaToyota.com. For more from Tide 100.9, let's it fly! on Twitter, Facebook, and SoundCloud. Tuscaloosa Toyota. Go to the website tuscaloosatoyota.com out at 3325 Skyland Boulevard. Uh, looking at this uh, website now, looking at, man, this grand, 2024 Grand Highlander. I'm going to get down there. Uh, and test drive one of these uh, SUVs. That thing is absolutely gorgeous. You can get on the website there, look at the new inventory, the used inventory. If you need to schedule a service, you could do it all right there at TuscaloosaToyota.com. We appreciate David DeSantis, uh, Justin, those guys being a great sponsor on Inside the Locker Room. I saw one the other day. You saw what? So, uh, well, those, uh, Tim Martin bought one. Oh, did he? He bought a... Mm-hmm. Uh, a Grand Highland. Highlander? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Does he, does he like it? Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So you? I should get a check for it. You're yeah. a hot salesman for him. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, Nick Saban uh, and Kirby Smart. I guess they had a Zoom press conference. Uh, the Bama will get over uh, to Atlanta. I'm sure they'll fly over tonight or this afternoon. Uh, but coaches opening statement in order in getting ready for this SEC champion, Jamie, championship game. Excuse me. Uh, here's what coach had to say. Well, we're glad to be here, but first of all, I'd like to congratulate, you know, Kirby and the Georgia team for going through an undefeated season and winning the the East. Um, they certainly had a fantastic season, and um, they've proven to be one of the best football teams in the country. So this is certainly a challenge uh, for us uh, to be able to compete in the SEC championship game against such a quality team. Um, you know, I'd like to thank the Southeastern Conference for making this one of the greatest venues in college football, Mercedes-Benz Stadium, the people of Atlanta, all the people who do um, a lot of work to make this game a first-class event. Um, you know, our team is trying to focus on what they need to do to go play uh, the kind of game that we'll need to play to beat a very, very good team, uh, probably the best team we played all year. Um, I think the challenge for you as a player is uh, you've got to be ready to play and assume that the guy you could play and assume that the guy you're playing against is the best player you played against all year. And I think if you take that approach and channel your energy and enthusiasm into execution on the field, that'll give you the best chance to be successful. All right, uh, let's go in, and, and you know he's not going to comment on this, but uh, we'll hear what he had, how he handled the question on whether he's worried about the playoff committee. Uh, no, let's hear what uh, Coach had to say about that. Look, we're not really worried about the committee. Um, I'm not concerned about any of those things. I mean, we've got a big challenge here in terms of trying to play the best football that we can play and prepare our team to play the best that they can play. Uh, I want our team to focus on the game. Uh, because that's what we can control. Uh, We really can't control anything externally, but we can try to control how we play. Uh, And I think that's the most important thing for us to be focused on right now. 
But as I said, if they win, then he'll do his politicking because then. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. at that point. Um, uh, I want to get down to, uh, I know Dad will like this, uh, on whether physical or mental uh, is most important in a Georgia game. Uh, here's what Coach had to say about that. What is the most important thing in this week? The mental stuff or the physical stuff for your players? And could you say some words to all the Mexican fans, the Crimson Tide Mexican fans? Thanks so much. Gracias, Coach. Yeah, well, we thank everybody who supports Crimson Tide uh, in Mexico and any place else in the country or the world for that matter. So we appreciate your support. But I think both things are really, really important. I think at this time of the year, you know, players get a little tired, they get a little banged up, they get a little hurt up. Uh, so the psychological part of being able to grind through that and have the mental toughness to stay focused and uh, on the things that you need to do to play well, uh, create the right habits in practice, prepare for the game like you need to is a challenge. Uh, but I think it's very, very important. And I think it's very important to take care of yourself physically, not only on the field, but getting the right kind of rest, eating right, hydrating correctly, you know, all those things, you know, contribute to how you can sustain performance in a game. Thoughts about what he said there? Well, I think that's about right. When you get to this this stage right here, the mental and physical part is because you are tired. Uh, you got to be you got to be tough mentally to be good physically. I don't think there's any doubt about that. And uh, if you're if you're mentally out of it, you're not going to be as good as good a player. Make put it very simple as 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 you need to be. So uh, both both teams will be, um, you know, Alabama's under underdog in this game by six points, and um, you know they're the ones that I think getting off to a good start is is big. Uh, Georgia's had the ability to come back from getting down off of Tennessee running back a touchdown against them to start the game. Uh, they're pretty level-headed kind of team. Um, not that Alabama's not, but it's it's going to be it's going to be a, a game when you, where you talk about it being four quarters. It, it's going to be a four-quarter game. I don't think there's any doubt about that. Yeah. All right. Uh, let's get to the uh, Tuscaloosa Toyota Hotline. Get Digger into the show. Good morning, Digger. Hey, Digger. Barry, really. Seriously, you think that SID was listening to us yesterday when I talked about my following in Mexico for Texas? <laughs> yeah, I think yeah, he, I think he was. You get that guy from Mexico to ask a question to Saban to let him know that y'all are far-reaching all the way to Mexico. Yeah. Uh, y'all should be. Because the, the Alabama brand is bigger than Texas, uh, Digger. Oh, please. I can't believe I'm hearing that. Now, that's true, Digger. million people in that state and how many y'all got in yours? yeah that's one little 4. state 5? one little state though. i took texas as my blue plate listen i think you did wisely no, man no digger let you me... said you wouldn't touch out a 10-foot pole now you're saying <laughs> well he let did. me tell you why yeah, he, was using that. He, he knew what i was gonna do he's trying to trick me yeah i i changed my mind because sarkeesian was uh still on the coach of the year award they gave it to gun Really? Trust me, those players are going to play. Gundy, they got beat by, by Central Florida 99 to nothing. And South Alabama beat him 33-7. I wouldn't give him Coach of the Year just based on those two games. Are you kidding I me, think Digger? They, look, Texas was sweeping all the awards. And they said, no, look, yeah. they can't take everything. Yeah. I said, well, this is the one thing that he earned. 
Yeah. 11 and 1? I mean, come on. Yeah. And it, like you said earlier, it's the expectations. They expected them to win this year, and they did. Can't say that about Saban. They expected you to win, and you didn't. You're having to go to Georgia. <laughs> so I'm just letting you know. All right. Well, you know the politics. Uh, nice pick, Wimp. I think you did wisely, and Thank I you. think your followers will earn a lot of money. I'll let Thank you, you very much. There you go. Thank you, Digger. All right, we're going to get to break here. We'll wrap up the show. This is Tide 100.9, SE Home of Alabama Sports. Tide 100.9 traffic. From the Towns and Nissan Traffic Center, they've cleared the wreck on 2059 eastbound at Daimler Benz Boulevard, but we still have that wreck on Alabama 216 at LBJ Road in Brookwood. Everything else around town looks pretty good, but if you see conditions, give me a call. Towns and Nissan's year-end closeout is on now with discounts up to $10,000. No reasonable offer will be refused. Towns and Nissan, and I'm Captain Ray. Coming up, Coming up on The Game with Ryan Fowler. Coming up on the Friday edition of The Game, we'll do our SEC Parlay Pick Contest. We're live in Atlanta as we get you ready for the SEC Championship game, all starting at 2 o'clock here on The Game on Tide 100.9-1230. WTBC, your home for Alabama Crimson Tide Sports. The longest-running sports program in Tuscaloosa. The Game with Ryan Fowler. Weekdays from 2 to 6 p.m. on Tide 100.9. Point nine and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app. Tide 100.9, Tuscaloosa weather. Cloudy with rain likely this morning, then just a few isolated showers this afternoon or tonight. The high today 66, the low tonight 61. Tomorrow, rain likely, maybe a few thunderstorms. The best chance of rain during the morning, the high 69. I'm James Spann on the ABC 3340 Weather Center on Tide 100.9. It's 55 degrees in Tuscaloosa. Mr. SEC Tournament Wimp Sanderson gives you his excellent analysis every weekday on Inside the Locker Room right here on Tide 100.9. Welcome back to Inside the Locker Room. Uh, no, I want to do one last thing. Uh, I want to hear what I didn't hear the press conference because uh, I was busy, but uh, managing the transfer portal while prepper prepping for a championship game. I think these are the things that uh, drive Nick Saban crazy. I don't know that he'll give you his true feelings on it, but here's what Coach had to say about it. Yeah, well, I don't know if it's sustainable or not. Uh, but, uh, look, I've always been in favor of the players uh, having a better quality of life uh, and sharing in some of the benefits. I think that, you know, if we could create competitive balance so it's the same, you know, pretty much for everybody so that one school can't choose to invest more than another and create a com competitive imbalance. I think that's the major concern that I have. Um, and I do think it's it's a tough management. You know, we've been trying to focus on the game here, so uh, we're, we're going to look, look to manage all those things, you know, when this game is over. Um, but, you know, it's, it's not easy. It's not easy to do. There's a lot of balls in the air, and and I'm sure players are thinking about a lot of things right now, too. So it's probably tough for them to manage. All right. Uh, you know, uh, I don't know if that was the exact deal I was looking for there. That's not, that was more NIL. But uh, all right, Dad, last thing, we have a app message in. Uh, this is from uh, Rammer Jammer. And you said, tell me if you think he's right. He says, Milrow would need to pass for 285 yards and rush for 100. 
at least another 80 yards from one of the running backs and one turnover from the defense turned into a TV. Bama wins 35, well, mm-hmm. 35-21. Uh, uh, 285 rush for over 100. I don't know about all that. Uh, yeah, scores too much for me. Yeah, give me, uh, give me your pick in this game. I think it's probably going to be Georgia in a close one. You want to give a score? Oh, I'd say uh, 24-17. 24-17. All right, the Blue Plate Special is in. Uh, You take Texas. Uh, Let's see if the line's even moved, if you can get a better line today. Uh, No, it's still holding firm, 15-and-a-half, Texas. They gave Gundy. Coach of the year. Wow, they will use that. They'll get the they'll they'll put the hammer. Because I think Texas needs to hammer them as well, just to leave no doubt as far as if they get a chance to get into the to the playoffs. All right, that's it for today's show. We'll get out of here, make way for the Gary Harris show. So keep it locked in. We thank all our great sponsors. Appreciate you know for another great week. Should be a fun weekend. You listen to Tide 100.9. It's the home of Alabama Sports. Have a great day, everybody.